Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. All right, we finally made it to Friday. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you for making the show a part of your day a little bit later than usual, but that's okay because the game tomorrow is uh, going to be a little bit later than originally scheduled. They pushed it back, oh, just an hour and a half is all they pushed it back. And, um, you know, I, I'm no weatherman, and so maybe the, those 90 minutes are going to be the difference between it being safe to play that game and it being unsafe to play that game. I have no idea. Uh, Keith Carter said... Uh, the decision was made with the safety and well-being of our student-athletes and staff and fans as the priority. He appreciates the cooperation with the SEC, blah, 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 blah. Uh, nothing really of note there. Um, I'm looking at the forecast right now for Oxford, and um, uh, it is not pretty tomorrow at all. Uh, it's going to rain literally all day long. All day long tomorrow. So, um Maybe those 90 minutes are going to be the difference between severe stuff and uh, not severe. Uh, I I really don't know. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised by that. I I think more likely than not, it's a situation uh, where ESPN lost a game tomorrow night. So they lost LSU-Missouri. That game got pushed up to um, Saturday morning. And they moved it to Columbia because of the hurricane. It got pushed up to Saturday morning. And as a result, uh, ESPN no longer has the 5 o'clock, 8 o'clock games. And so I think it's more likely. Now, this is just me, you know, wearing a tinfoil hat, going all conspiracy on you. Um, This move doesn't strike me as one that is um, about safety. I kind of have a feeling this is more about uh, television. And ESPN had... Two games, one at five, the Ole Miss-Alabama game, and then one at eight, and now they lost those two games, so they're splitting the difference between the two and starting the game at five, uh, moving it to 6.30 to you know better utilize that window. I just um, have a hard time being convinced that you know the, the difference is 90 minutes when I'm looking at the weather right now, and at five o'clock... It's a 95% chance of rain and wind, and at 7 o'clock, it's a 95% chance of rain and and wind. So I don't quite understand the line of thinking there unless it is just simply because of what I said, and that's the television deal. It's going to rain all day long. I mean, it's possibly not going to stop at all. So I, the field conditions are something that you have to look into. I mean, I don't think they have a full field tarp. And it's going to just rain starting at about oh, 8 o'clock tonight and not stop until Sunday morning. Uh, it's a 100% chance for most of the day on Saturday. The field is going to be saturated. It's going to be wet at best. It's going to be... Um, I feel bad for the grounds crew, honestly. I feel really bad for the grounds crew. So they move the game uh, an hour and a half later. Uh, when it doesn't appear that the conditions are going to be really all that different. I don't know. Maybe they consulted an expert, but I'm looking at a weather website, and it really doesn't have much of a difference between uh, 
5 and uh, 6.30. But, hey, they're going to try to play football anyway. I mean, as long as there's nothing severe, which can come with stuff like this, as long as it's nothing severe, um, you know, they, they can play. The game will be a sloppy, hot mess. Uh, I, I don't... Um, I honestly can't tell you who it favors. I mean, you would think it'd be the running team, but I mean, who knows when the when the field is that in that bad of shape potentially, um, considering how saturated it's going to be. I think it's just going to be a survive. Hopefully, don't let anybody get hurt. Just play the game and move on. Kind of situation. Um, they were reluctant to move it another date because of COVID. Now, that was really, I mean, it would have been an easy call. Otherwise, in a non-COVID world, I have a feeling they would have moved it to the mutual bye week, and and that would have been a very easy decision for the two of them to make. Just avoid the travel, avoid the mess, avoid the weather. There's possibility of, it's a low possibility, but there's still possibility of tornadoes and stuff like that that would come with this. Just move it to the mutual open date, and it'll all be fine. It's a little bit different when you have to try to protect those as best you can. Uh, because you never know if there's going to be an outbreak moving forward. So that's where this line of thinking came from. But as I get close to removing my tinfoil hat, I think this decision was a TV decision and really not much else. Now, I hope the weather's clear, as do all of you, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that it was just a television move and they're pretending like that 90 minutes is going to change everything when it comes to it being safe to play. But uh, yeah, it's good for a wedding I'm supposed to go to this weekend. On that note, I do not think, um, barring something unforeseen, I will do a post-game Periscope and podcast. I I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow night. Uh, I'm sorry. It'll be the last time that it doesn't happen, but I definitely do not think it's going to happen this time. Uh, Just, you know, with the wedding and all that stuff, I don't think it'll be possible. Uh, It would be much later after the game, even when I get to it. And by that time, it'll already be close enough to Sunday morning when I do my radio show that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to do both of them. So uh, no immediate postgame reaction. I would just encourage you to listen on Sunday morning, supertalktv.com or the supertalk station. Um and listen to my reaction to Ole Miss there, I will probably cut out us talking about just Ole Miss Alabama and put it on this podcast feed. That's my plan for now, so no post-game podcast, but you'll probably get one on Sunday. That's my idea. That's the goal, and hopefully I can uh, achieve that. So um, we'll see uh, We'll see there. But here's one thing I wanted to get to. Before picks, I, I wanted to play these uh, cuts of audio for you because I found this really, really funny. I told you Wednesday, and and you've probably seen it and heard it everywhere, that uh, the Kiffin and Saban dynamic is one that is um, heavily talked about, heavily asked about. We had a a handicapper on the radio show yesterday that said he just wants a camera on the Kiffin and Saban conversation at midfield before the game because it would be, like, heated. Or I don't understand where people think there's bad blood uh, between the two. Because that's not really uh, based in reality. I mean, look, I know there's the video of Saban yelling at Kiffin on the sideline, but, I mean, that that's just an ass-chewing. That's not because they hate each other. That's how Nick Saban coaches his team. And if you've paid attention at all to anything that Lane Kiffin has said since he left there, he, he constantly is talking about how he's learned from Saban, 
that Alabama is the gold standard, all that good stuff. I mean, I know the leaving to go coach FAU, like maybe that wasn't particularly liked by Saban, but there, there's nothing that tells you that those two hate each other or that there's bad blood or there's going to be some kind of electricity or whatever at the field when they meet each other. It sounds like um, Kiffin really respects Nick Saban. Um, so there's no bad blood on, on that side. And then, I mean, uh, Nick Saban only cares about one thing, and that's Alabama winning football games. So I, I doubt he really spends too much of his time thinking about not liking um, Lane Kiffin. I, I don't know where that storyline's coming from because if you, I mean, look, it's the media. Storylines can kind of be manufactured to create hype before a game. I get that, but it's not really rooted in reality. It doesn't appear that there's going to be any kind of fireworks or whatever people are looking for when it comes to these two guys. And I'm going to play you these audio cuts to give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So um, Lane Kiffin was on Dan Patrick's show this week to talk about you know his first couple games at Ole Miss and most importantly to talk about Nick Saban. And uh, you'll hear in a second, Patrick uh, asked him a question. You know, it's Ole Miss versus Alabama, but it's really you versus Nick Saban, right? And Lane Kiffin gave a very funny answer. So here that is right now. Lane Kiffin with Dan Patrick. I think this was Thursday, I think, or Wednesday. Anyway, he was asked about Nick Saban, and here's what Lane Kiffin said to that. Against Alabama, but you're going against Nick Saban, right? Well, I don't play and he doesn't play, so um, we'd we'd have better chances if that was the case, I think. I I don't think he can cover me. He's got got a bad Well, I don't know. He's a former defensive back, so he might be able to cover you. Yeah, he's in his his like. (laughs) I was told the other day, I'm I'm really worried about Coach. You know, he's elderly now, you know. Oh, no. Oh, no. And that's very uh, that's very vintage Lane Kiffin right there as well. But um, just having a little fun, you know, not taking shots or anything like that. Just having some fun, and uh, just another reminder, by the way, and just another reminder of the difference and in the national attention that is being paid on your program. Ole Miss is more than a three touchdown underdog, more than a three touchdown underdog in a game, and their head coach is on a national radio show with one of the most recognizable personalities in sports media. The week that they are a more than a three-touchdown underdog because people want to hear from Lane Kiffin, the head coach of Ole Miss. It's just, I, I don't think it can be repeated enough the difference in national attention and profile that he brings to your program by just existing in it. On top of the fact that uh, through two weeks and, and battling COVID and all that stuff, um, he's done a remarkable job so far. But that's the kind of profile that you have now. Dan Patrick, who, who runs, in my opinion, the best national radio show in the country. I, I think it's the, the gold or what should be the gold standard of sports talk radio. Not this scream into a microphone and say, and just make manufacture just BS takes that you don't really believe. Like, I understand having strong and unique opinions, but not manufactured BS like you're getting all the time now in media. That should be the gold standard, and I think it is. It's a, a widely listened to, nationally syndicated radio show with the Dan Patrick and the Ole Miss head football coach is on that show leading into a game in which he's more than a three-touchdown underdog. I think that's a big deal. 
But anyway, so um, a reporter asked Nick Saban about that uh, this week. And uh, here's what Saban uh, had to say. So you'll hear the reporter. I don't know who it is. I wish I could give, give credit. I cannot. I don't know who it is. Um, asking Nick Saban about what Lane Kiffin said on the Dan Patrick show. Here that is. We've seen Lane Kiffin kind of poke fun at you a few times. Today he was asked about the Saban versus Kiffin matchup. He said, we're not playing, but if we did, he couldn't cover me. I'm worried about him because he's elderly. Would you like to respond to that? No, I think he's probably right. I wouldn't disagree with him. Um, you know, I, I guess what I would ask is when he's my age, what's he going to be like? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit of a, um, you know, disadvantage to be, you know, my age and have had a hip replacement. But, you know, I still pride myself in my ability to cover. I just don't think I could cover him. Now, you tell me if that's somebody that hates the guy he's talking about, right? Hey, tell me if that's somebody that, if there's any bad blood there. How often in your life have you seen Nick Saban laugh at, at anything at all? I mean, he, he doesn't laugh. And I wish you could see the, the video, of course, but he smiles. Like, he genuinely thought it was funny. And in a game week, you never, ever, ever get lay, or, or Nick Saban, I mean, to laugh or smile or to joke in a press conference. He hates those press conferences. And he gets credit to the reporter because I know how awkward that room can be with him. The reporter asks him a goofy question about a goofy situation. And and Saban laughs about it. Now you tell me if there's bad blood there. What what you just listened to, if, if that's coming from a guy that, that there's bad blood between the two or oh I gotta see a camera because it's gonna be electric or whatever that struck me as a guy that genuinely likes the other I, I mean I could be reading too far into it but I just you never see Nick Saban smile at anything and a question about Lane Kiffin made him smile and he even thought about the response and I, I mean that that's good stuff right there um and you you should have seen, I think it was Michael Casagrande, uh, who covers Alabama, shared that video on Twitter. And I scroll through the replies just to see what people think. And it's not everybody, of course, uh, not even close. But there are people that were mad at the reporter for asking that question. Now, seriously, there were people that were mad at the reporter for asking the question. Or Alabama fans are like, oh... Now Alabama's going to win by 50. And you have people say stuff like that. <laughs> like, number one, as if Lane Kiffin actually said anything that can be constituted as locker room or bulletin board material because he didn't do that. And number two, God forbid something college football related be fun. Because that's fun. It's funny. It's lighthearted. It's fun. That's what it's supposed to be. And... I couldn't imagine going through life as a as a, a fan like that and not enjoying that exchange between those two guys. It wasn't many, but there were people out there that actually didn't enjoy that, that were mad at the reporter. One of the reporter exposed for asking, oh, dear old coach, such a terrible question. I mean, find some joy in something that is enjoyable like college football. But... um. Yeah, they traded some jabs there. I know the headline of the podcast is going to be a, a tiny, tiny little bit clickbaity, but I am going to put jabs in quotes so that'll 
I think that'll excuse me from being full on clickbait. I think it seems like they like each other. I I mean, I don't know. At least there's no bad blood or or the way people are trying to spin that story. Um, Not even close. I think it was Elijah Moore earlier this week. I I could be wrong. I think it was him that uh, you also saw somebody try to spin it as, oh, well, Alabama's really going to be motivated now because he said, he said that, you know, the regular quote, they put their pants on the same way we do or something like that. You know, uh, people sometimes, I mean, manufacturing controversy that doesn't exist. Um, And this was a technically a media person that, that did this uh, before, but um, no, Ole Miss did not disrespect the tide in any way, shape or form this week. And in fact, we got some pretty, uh, a pretty funny exchange between the two. I would like to see uh, how that meeting goes, but I imagine it's going to be very short. They'll walk up, they'll shake hands, they'll say, hey coach, how you doing? Yeah, good to see you. You know, good luck today. Hope the weather holds off. How's your wife? How are your kids? Oh, they're good. All right, good. Well, good luck today, coach. And like, that'll be it. Um, They got more important stuff to do anyway, but um, I think this dynamic between the two was being really, really, really overblown. And uh, those two cuts of audio probably proved uh, proved that to you. I will get into picks here in a second, but first I do want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you every day by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. It is the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Uh, anything you're doing behind the grill, uh, meat, they got fish options as well. Best place in Mississippi to get that. Go buy See Greg, tell him that we at Super Talk sent you the Rebel Report podcast and Michael Borky sent you to LB's. And then also get one of their daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday, but they are open seven days a week to get something for behind the grill. Weather's going to stink this weekend, but as this storm clears, we have, I think, at least 10 days of beautiful weather upcoming. So you should spend it behind the grill. That's right. Oh my gosh. So starting Monday. Money's going to be a little hot, high of 82, but I'm looking at Oxford right now. 75, 75, 75, 69, nice, 67, 66. That is perfect grilling weather. And get that started at LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. All right, time for picks, and I'll start with Ole Miss Alabama. A couple thoughts before we get into it. I think the most important thing with this game is uh, to get through it safely. Uh, I think the rain adds an element to this um, that makes that paramount, is play the game and get out of it safe and healthy. Because like I told you, I think Ole Miss has a series of games now after Alabama where they can really rattle off some wins. I think right now, and this isn't really a hot take, I think Ole Miss is right now better than Arkansas. I think they are right now, and we'll see this weekend, better than Auburn. And I think right now, They are better than Vanderbilt and South Carolina. I think there is a chance after Alabama in the next five games before the Egg Bowl with Arkansas, Auburn, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Texas A&M, Ole Miss has a real shot at 4-1 and in those five games with Mississippi State and LSU left on the schedule. That's not hyperbole. That's not projecting. That's not red and blue glasses. The lines for all of those games will be either an Ole Miss favorite which I think they will be a favorite in at least three. And we'll see what Auburn does this weekend, possibly four. Four and one is on the table 
in the next five after this. So get out of Alabama healthy, but continue the the positive momentum. I, I don't think anybody expects you to win the game. In fact, I know nobody expects Ole Miss to win the game, and they won't be disappointed with a loss, especially now with the weather situation, if they can even get the game in. But if they can find a way to cover this spread, to get a couple of stops early on defense, show some week-to-week improvement on defense, and let Matt Crown, that offense, score some points against Alabama, even against the elements in the weather, that would be a huge step forward with, like I said, five winnable games before the Egg Bowl coming up after Alabama. So if they can just continue the look momentum, that's a weird way to describe it, but they look like they're progressing. They looked good against Florida in a loss. Looked better anyway. Looked like there was direction and purpose. The two words I keep using are direction and purpose. They get the win over Kentucky in that kind of fashion. Can they continue that? And the way to do that is to be healthy, get a couple of stops early in the game, and continue to score points on offense. If they can do those things, even in a loss, it will really set them up well for the next five weeks. So I do think, even with the weather, it's kind of scaring me some, I do think, and by the way, that that over-under total has dropped from 74.5 to 69.5. So the weather is really um, playing a factor here. But Bill Connolly thinks Ole Miss is going to cover the spread. I I think they have a real chance at covering the spread because of that offense. Alabama has Georgia next week. I wouldn't be surprised if they dial it back a little bit after they obtain a lead. And especially with the weather, they're probably going to speed up that game a little bit. I'm not talking about refs and clock management, but a lot of running the football a lot of slow play, which will make the game go faster. You know what I mean. Um, so I expect Ole Miss, I mean, 23 and a half, 24. Um, I do think they will cover that. They'll continue progressing forward and playing well, setting themselves up for um, winnable five. I mean, really, six winnable games in a row moving forward. So I think that's a big, big deal if they can find a way to do that with everything that's going against them right now. And... Um, Anyway, next up, uh, Mississippi State and Kentucky. A fascinating game here. Um, Kentucky's a two-and-a-half point favorite. That line tiers between two, two-and-a-half. Kentucky is 0-2, but I think that record's a little bit deceiving. And even though Ole Miss kind of threw all over the field against Kentucky last week, people were misled, I think that's the right word to use, about Mississippi State's offense in Baton Rouge. I think Ole Miss right now is a more efficient, more talented passing offense than Mississippi State. That's not a hot take. That's just reality. All those State fans would do what they do when you say something um, about Ole Miss being better than them, better than them in anything. Um, the numbers at Mississippi State, of course, will be better because of the attempts, but the efficiency, and I think the talent, especially at receiver, is in Ole Miss's favor. So even though Kentucky got got in the secondary a little bit last week, it's a different animal. I think Kentucky's better up front than what Mississippi State saw last week against Arkansas. I think Kentucky is better in the back end of the defense than what Mississippi State saw last week against Arkansas. And even though Kylan Hill's healthy, and that might make a big difference in this game, Kentucky's going to have a very similar philosophy, a very similar philosophy that Arkansas did. And they're not going to to rush many because they don't have to because they're pretty good on the defensive line. And they'll 
pressured Costello, and they'll drop a bunch of guys back and dare Mississippi State to beat them that way. And the weather is not looking good, and that does favor Kentucky, a team that doesn't rely on throwing the football around a lot. It's a very short passing offense, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of screens, a whole lot of running the football. It favors Kentucky, a low-scoring game. You might look at that over-under at 57.5, but I will take Kentucky at home because of the weather because of the defensive personnel being better than that of Arkansas is in a plan that will be similar. All right, next, uh, Florida, Texas A&M. Florida's only six-and-a-half-point favorite in College Station. That's an early game. Obviously, the, the road atmospheres are not the same, and I think that uh, that is a line that is way, way, way too small. Florida's got offensive firepower that Texas A&M simply cannot keep up with. Florida... I guess struggled a little bit last week against South Carolina. A little bit. But just too much firepower on offense for Florida. Texas A&M will not keep it within a touchdown. So that's my pick there. Florida minus the six and a half. Weird circumstance in uh, Columbia, Missouri. LSU, I guess, will technically remain the home team, even though it is in Columbia. Should be a really, really nice day, for whatever that's worth, for that 11 a.m. kickoff. LSU's a 14 and a half point favorite. Um, Missouri has, I, I think... They're bad at quarterback. They're worse at wide receiver. It's going to be, I think, a blowout. And people are going to overinflate the result of this game and declare LSU being back after beating Vanderbilt in a bad Missouri, but that's what the media does. LSU wins by more than 14.5, and they still are not back. Missouri's just that bad after the first two weeks, in my opinion. South Carolina Vanderbilt is next. South Carolina minus 13 and a half in Nashville. I think this will be a game that South Carolina covers. I know they're 0-2, but they were okay in Gainesville. Uh, Colin Hill was okay. They moved the football a little bit. Um, Vanderbilt just has nothing. I think the quarterback there, he's okay. He'll end up being a pretty decent player for whoever the next coach is. As a true freshman, he's okay. Um, they got a nice little running back as well, but... They're not good up front at all on offense or defense, and they just lack talent everywhere all over the field. South Carolina, with the better roster, uh, will go in there and win by more than 13.5, although I would encourage you not to watch that game because it's going to be just simply terrible. Just terrible. Tennessee and Georgia. Tennessee is a 12.5 point underdog. That line has gone down a little bit. I think it started at around two touchdowns. It's down to 12.5. Georgia uh, is getting 88.4% of a chance to win the game, according to the ESPN Football Power Index. I like Tennessee to cover this line. They've got a couple of good backs. Chandler's good. Uh, Garantano's been inconsistent, but I trust him over Stetson Bennett. I mean, I guess we might see JT Daniels in this game, but I'm not convinced that he's going to be some kind of a savior. I expect a pretty sloppy game, a pretty low-scoring game, physical and Georgia's got better athletes. But I like Tennessee to cover that 12.5. I think that line's too big. Tennessee will try to shorten the game, control the clock with their two really good backs. And I'm not convinced that Stetson Bennett the fourth, the uh, country club, is going to be a guy that is able to cover 12.5 against a much better Tennessee team than what he saw from Auburn last week. And finally, speaking of Auburn, they're 13.5-point favorites at home against Arkansas. Uh, I do think that Auburn will cover that spread, although I think their number 13 ranking is too high. I think that they're really bad on the offensive line. I think that 
Auburn's got a world of problems right now. A world of problems right now. But Arkansas has more of them. So it'll be a, a low-scoring, sloppy game. Should be a lot of rain. Auburn's going to try to run the football. It's going to be ugly, but I do think they are just roster-wise better than Arkansas. Will be a sloppy game. Will be low-scoring. Auburn with athletes will pull away late, and they will cover the thirteen and a half at home. If you faded me last week, your picks did much better uh, than mine did. It was a rough week, so hopefully I can bounce back uh, with those. We will see. Don't forget to uh, follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. I usually tweet thoughts throughout Ole Miss games. Um, maybe not as many. Actually, I know there will not be as many uh, tomorrow night just because uh, I will be at a wedding and my wife would get mad at me, justifiably so, of course, if I am on my phone the whole time. Uh, so not going to do that. But usually I have pretty good thoughts there. And also... Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, leave it a five-star. Say whatever you want. Just make sure the the five stars are lit up. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Um, and then listen to the Sunday show, Sports Sunday. It is on Super Talk, 8 to 10 a.m. The best way, uh, instead of trying to find a radio, is just to watch it on supertalktv.com. That would be the best way to do it. Uh, and you can watch me in the morning. That would be... Um, Greatly appreciated <laughs> if uh, if you do that as well. So enjoy your weekend. Try to get out of the rain, even though it's going to be completely unavoidable. If you're down around the coast, uh, be safe. I know this thing is uh, it's big and it's ugly, and unfortunately it's headed straight for um, Lake Charles yet again. That's, um, that's just a shame. It's really sad. Uh, so, so be safe if you're in the path. Uh, of this hurricane turned tropical storm as it moves up into our state. Uh, thank you for making the podcast a part of your day, as always. Uh, don't forget to go by LB's and see Greg and tell him we sent you. And, um, yeah, if you're going to the game, God bless you. There's, I want one time in my life to go to a football game in just a monsoon. I've never done it. I've played in one. I've never been to one where it's like, you just wear a bathing suit and a t-shirt and a poncho and just get soaked. So it might be fun for some of you guys, but considering the forecast, this game is going to be ugly and sloppy. Um, so try to enjoy it if you can and uh, stay dry out there. So I will talk to you again, hopefully on Sunday morning, but if not, definitely we'll have a podcast for you on Monday per usual. And then for the rest of the year, we will be doing uh, reaction shows after football games as well as basketball and baseball series as well. So that's going to be a, a part of the rotation here is post-game reaction stuff. Thank you for tuning in and making the show a part of your day. Have a great and dry and safe weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Sunday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.